Earthy Girls is a mother-daughter duo who love the planet and all things green. Raquel is a Dallas-based florist, while Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. Together, they co-create beautiful gift boxes with recycled florals, paper, and wax. Together, they are the Earthy Girls. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Earthy Girls podcast. I'm Rebecca B., and it's an honor to be here with you in the studio today, introducing our first episode of our second season. Can you believe it? Woohoo! Can I get a drum roll, please? Well, I did have a bongo in the free library at Anchor FM. But all kidding aside, a year ago today, I was an aspiring podcaster who made the decision to put herself out there in the world. And of course, I was pretty clear on my topic. I knew it had to resonate with me, but that it also was universal and it was important for us all. And that message resonated with my firstborn. The title was easy. We really are the earthy girls. Raquel and I truly love Mother Earth and our planet. Our goal in this format in this podcast is simple. Encourage, inform, and inspire you to take that one small step every day to help our planet. And maybe make you giggle just a little. Raquel and I like to say, there is no planet B, and there is no backup planet. Sure, we have people going up into space for a few seconds. William Shatner did, and he came away with an even greater reverence for planet Earth. So what will you do for the planet? Tomorrow is Earth Day, 4-22-22. I like those numbers. I hope that every one of us will be inspired to take that one small step every day not just tomorrow. And thank you for listening to us. Raquel and I are so grateful for all of our great earthy guests and everything that they shared with us. So stay tuned. Season two will be even better. And you can download your favorite podcast and share with a friend for that easy Earth Day action. Keep listening and y'all stay earthy. Hey, Raquel. Hey, mom. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm uh, in the recording studio, so I'm here. (laughs) And tomorrow's Earth Day, so of course you and I have been super busy this week. Doing all the earthy things. Yes, all the earthy things. So I just wanted to tell you, thanks a lot for all your help with last week's podcast. You really did a lot of the heavy lifting and giving us all the science. And it was, you know, very illuminating. And a little troubling that a lot of the things that I think are safe uh, for me to use, you know, are not, but I have been doing better. Even today, I got on the app, the EWG, was looking for some different products that I needed to buy, hoping that I could find something that I didn't have to go to a website. But, you know, I'm, com- I'm committed to it. Uh, so it's just going to take a little bit more research. And then, you know, just to dovetail on how you know how on topic we really are, Raquel. I'm proud of us. There is uh, a docu-series uh, called Not So Pretty, and it's addressing the issue that we talked about last week even more. And, you know, I, I knew that skincare beauty was a big industry, but it's a $140 billion industry. And this show we need to tell people it's called Not So Pretty. It's on HBO and it talks about some of the petrochemicals that are in our makeup and our skincare. And, you know, in the pre-show, we talked a little. I said, hey, Raquel, did you see that link I sent you? And they said, they have found microplastics in our bloodstream. And you're like, mom, that's what I've been preaching. So. <laughs> well, yeah, and these, these chemicals are showing up in your bloodstream, in your blood. They're showing up in your breast milk. They're showing up, you know, in your DNA. So we need to just stop it at the source. And we have a lot of buying power. I mean, without consumers, companies are nothing. So we have to remember that, you know, and as I've been reading up a little bit more about Earth Day and what we can do to be earthy this week, you know, talking about even fashion. So, you know, we really need to rise to the occasion as consumers and say, hey, we don't want to buy these products that have harmful chemicals in them. And I don't want to buy these 
these, you know, diapers and baby clothes and, and baby products that are harmful and toxic to my baby. So if we speak up about it, companies will start to listen and they'll start to make changes, hopefully, or new companies will arise. The next generation of inventors and creators and business owners and entrepreneurs are listening to us now. You know, will you rise to the occasion and start a company that's eco-friendly and non-toxic? So hopefully we have some budding entrepreneurs out there that are even the wheels are, you know, turning. Yes. Well, maybe we should all go back to our caveman days and just run around naked. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very earthy thing to do for Earth Week, Mom. <laughs> yes. So, well. Just a bunch of hippies over here. <laughs> just a bunch of hippies. Uh, what did you used to call me? Um, you said, Mom, you were a cavewoman. I was just like, when you were studying, I was just like, you, you know what? I really, I really am. So, but anyways, back to... Uh, you know, planet earth. What did you do for the planet this week, Raquel? So it's earth week. And I have just been thinking about reducing, reusing and recycle recycling as simple as that sounds really, you know, everybody knows that reduce, reuse, recycle. I taught it when I was a kid. I teach it to my kids. We say it here on the podcast, but really, you know, go in the steps of reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes. You may say, Oh, the only thing I do is recycle, which is great, but start at that beginning of that list reduce reducing our uses of single-use plastics right Mm -hmm. reducing our food waste reducing the amount of food that you put on your plate or that you order so that you don't have that food waste in the end if you don't want to save the food so thinking about it ahead of time just reducing your use even you know i'm I'm proud of amazon i don't love that company but you know we know we all know that we use them and they do have options at the bottom when for delivery that you know are you okay with getting your package one day late so that we can group everything together and have less deliveries, which is less boxes. Mm-hmm. So re- reducing, you know, your waste consumption and reducing, you know, the amount of vehicles that are out on the road, which is really important. So reducing and then reusing, like we love to reuse jars. You're the queen of reusing anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> go to your, you know, go to your, the earthy girl paper shop pedals to paper and go to your um, greenhouse and you'll see all the things that you're reusing. So, you know, reducing your use of something and then reusing and then we're recycling last. So I've just been focused on that this week and really trying to do a little bit extra every day for, for earth week in those three different categories. So what about you, mom? Yeah. So of course I've got my pillars, you know, the gray water, which is how I begin my day. So if people are, you know, texting me early, uh, I wake up and do gray water before anything (laughs) for my coffee. Uh, And then rinse and drying the recycling, which is getting easier. It is. And the food waste is getting much better. Like we had, you know, everybody over for Easter on Sunday. I sent you home with a lot of leftovers. I Mm -hmm, sent mm -hmm. leftovers, but we actually finished everything from Easter yesterday. And I had just a little bit left of the Spanish rice and I made a real quick and some of the black beans, I made some Fiesta bell peppers with those. But, um, and, you know, of course, like you mentioned the garden, I recycled some pots. So I did get some spray paint over the week. So I recycled uh, two more pots. And then we, when we were at, when we were at our local nursery, uh, Mark had gotten it was just, you know, like a de- de- decorative little uh, birdhouse and it, they had put uh, like potpourri and things like that. So I took all that out. We bought some bird seed uh, for the songbirds and we hung it. I was very happy to see, you know, hanging there because I, I was like, oh, I'm going to get to see the cardinals, the mockingbirds, the blue jays. But no, the squirrel got it. So I had to take it down, but <laughs> I will find a way to get that back up. But really, <clears throat> like I said, you know, my four pillars is what I do. And I just challenge myself with, with something, a little something every day, a little extra if I can. And, you know, last night I had gone to sleep very early and then I woke up and the, the, I had left the television on and the house on. So I was like, oh my goodness, that's not earthy. So I popped up, got everything turned off, but I saw this call to earth on CNN. So I sat and watched a little bit of that while I wiped my face off. And it was about lions. And I just thought to myself, okay, there was a reason why I woke up so I could watch this. Uh, So they have a new segment called Call to Earth. So I think the message is becoming more, you know, accessible and it's becoming more mainstream, Raquel, to love Mm -hmm. our planet and to try to do better. 
And then I thought, and then also too, last night I found all those t-shirts I had stashed because remember you had a friend who takes all of your old t-shirts and recycles or repurposes that into a blanket mm-hmm. on those. And I was thinking, wow, Raquel was doing this so many years ago. You've had that blanket for quite a while. So that's a brilliant way of having, you know, that spark of creativity and taking something that, you know, we may toss away or give away and then repurposing it into a nice blanket, keepsake blanket. And you can see all your t-shirts, you know, like me, I have a lot of race t-shirts and things that don't fit me anymore. And it, you know, it'd be nice to repurpose those. So I found those. So I'm going to have to get her number from you again (laughs) to see if I can ship that off to her. Yeah. I love that the t-shirt quilt set is a great way of recycling Taking an old t-shirt so it end up in, you know, the landfill or a resale shop and just turning them into something. Especially if you've got t-shirts that you don't want to throw away, put them together into a quilt and you've got a blanket. And my kids love to use those for picnics and they even look at the different t-shirts and say, what's this mommy? And I get to kind of share a little bit of my life through these t-shirts. Oh, that's beautiful, Raquel. I love hearing that. So anyways, and something else I did yesterday too, uh, before... I, uh, you know, ended my day was I am getting very purposeful about listening. um, And also on mainstream media, it's becoming much more prevalent uh, where they are telling us about our climate change. So our climate change segment, Raquel, is it's pretty dire. You know, yesterday, I don't know if you caught the news, but there were some very extreme wildfires uh, in Flagstaff, Arizona, and people were ig- having to be evacuated with like 30 minutes notice. And I saw a poor woman. She was like, I, I grabbed my animals and a bag of dirty clothes. And she was just terrified. And I saw these, these fires were raging like 30 miles and, and along a highway. So, but that's not all. Um, you know, the fires were yesterday. On Tuesday, South Africa had a torrential flooding situation. And at that point, when I heard that on Tuesday, there was 450 people lost. Uh, And these floods, and you know, South Africa is a beautiful country, but it's, it's got a lot of drought. So they mentioned that South Africa has not seen flooding like this in over 60 years. So just think about that. When the ground is really hard and dry and packed, almost like concrete Raquel, and then you get those torrential rains, just imagine. I saw the devastation on television. I had to just walk away because, you know, of course, I, I made a note in my my earthy girl notebook to mention it, but I just had to look away because it was just so tragic. And then the other thing that's closer to home saw this on Monday, the Colorado River is 10 feet below its normal. And so that's a major source of drinking water for people. A lot of people, you know, like to go to the Colorado River to, you know, kayak and, you know, fly fish, but it's a major source of water for people and and animals. And then something else that I've been following for a while is the North Pole is unstable. People may say, why is that so important? Well, remember, we've got the North Pole and the South Pole. Right now, the South Pole is stable, but the North Pole is unstable. And in Antarctica, it's much warmer than it has been in any year on on record. And the ice shelves are melting faster. And there is an atmospheric river now. So these are things that, yes, they sound dire. Uh, And I hope that they will inspire you to make those small changes. Uh, if everyone does one little thing every day, I think that we can, I know we can't reverse it, Raquel, but we can maybe slow this tide, you know? So that's very important. And we're going to keep continuing to do the climate watch on earthy girls. If there's something that's of note, we'll, we'll report that to you. So, but anyways, Raquel, uh, this show is, you know, we're doing a little bit of piecing and gluing because we already have our interview in the can. Uh, and this is, um, you know, a great, great interview that we both had a lot of fun with. But tomorrow is Earth Day. So how are you going to celebrate the Earth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I really want to talk about ways that we can celebrate Earth Day every day because y'all know I'm doing extra extra tomorrow because it's earth day um but it's been it's earth week so i've been celebrating every day this week but i thought it'd be fun to talk about five ways that you can celebrate earth day Mm -hmm. and then i'll go back and tell you what i've been doing but i think obviously to start with if you don't do this 
make it tomorrow that you start reduce reuse recycle have that number one if you want to recycle anything you've got some things get a basket together get a bucket together this week start recycling find your local place that you can recycle if you if you can't recycle at your home so i think that that's the first one that you can do this week your kids can even help you do that you guys can have a fun time and you know washing dishes and and rinsing and washing your recyclables my kids love to play in the sink so that's a fun way to get the kids involved mm-hmm going to a park and picking up litter or picking, just taking a walk and picking up litter in your neighborhood. You and I love to pick up litter when we can, but I think that that is a really easy way to get kids involved in earth day tomorrow, just cleaning up and beautifying our earth that we love on. Uh-huh. Um, and I know you'll probably be picking up some litter tomorrow too. Probably planting. <laughs> yes. Well, and I remember in school, we celebrated earth day by earth day by planting a tree. So if you are a teacher or you work at a school or you, you know, help with children's ministry at church, it'd be so fun to get together and plant a tree. And so my family and I, we will plant a tree tomorrow on our property. Really excited. And maybe we'll make it an earth day tradition to plant a tree every year. But we have a couple of trees that we've planted and it's just fun to see them grow each year and they're, they're fruit producing. One's a fig tree, one's a peach tree. So the kids even love when it's got its first little bud of the season, its first little flower, its first fruit. So they really get involved with these trees. So planting a tree tomorrow for Earth Day would be wonderful. Um, And maybe not even planting a tree, just getting in your garden and pulling some some weeds, watering your garden, spending a little bit of extra time making your garden look beautiful or some yard work, just getting out, maybe even taking your shoes off as you're gardening, getting out there and connecting and grounding with Mother Earth. Yes. I also think that it would be a wonderful idea to do yoga and meditation in the garden or even just outside, or you can walk to your local park and bring a mat and do some yoga out there and some grounding meditation, which we're going to plug our Katie girl. She's back again for Earth Day meditation. So stay tuned for that. And then also, I thought it'd be so fun to maybe, is that five? <laughs> One, two, yeah. three, four, five. Okay. I've obviously got all the ideas. And then me and the kids specifically, other than planting a tree, picking up litter, we're going to be doing some earthy girl and earthy day arts and crafts. So, you know, I love using anything recycled here today. I was cleaning out my flower barn and found a few boxes that we're going to paint and make cute little treasure boxes for Earth Day. We're going to be using some recycled toilet paper rolls to do some Earth Day streamers, some wind catchers. And I will be posting that to Instagram as well and sharing that with everybody. So, Yes. And then, of course, I'm going to do a little bit something different. There is a expo in uh, downtown Dallas called Earth X. So I'm going to go one day this weekend and looking forward to uh, seeing if I can learn anything new or, you know, make, make new connections and um, possibly meet find- other earth lovers. Yeah. Mother earth lovers and maybe find someone I can, you know, we can interview Raquel. So I'm always looking for people that we can interview and talk to uh, so that, you know, we keep it interesting and fresh and not just us, you know, to, uh, queens nerding out i know it's always good to have another voice in in the studio with us so but you know if you love the podcast uh if you love listening to us something you can do that's an an easy uh action for tomorrow is just share one of your favorite podcasts one of you know go through our library of season one and pick your favorite and then share that you know, message that to somebody and get the conversation started. If you don't want to take action, get the conversation started, you know, or, or do some research or start, you know, start picking, picking the way you would manifest an earthy girl. You know, everybody is, and that's what's so beautiful about human beings. We're all so unique. We're all so different. We're snowflakes. Um, you find your way to celebrate Earth Day. You know, maybe it's driving less. You know, Raquel, maybe it's not shopping tomorrow for something. Maybe yeah, it's say maybe not buying anything. That's the first reduce, right? Reduce, yes. reuse, recycle. Start by reducing and just not buying anything tomorrow. Reusing whatever you have at your house and recycling. There you go. Great way to celebrate Earth Day. Yes, yes. And, you know, instead of driving a lot tomorrow, find things that you can do in your home, in your neighborhood. You know, can you walk across the street and talk to a neighbor? Can you walk your dog? 
you don't have to get in your car and just drive all over town uh, emitting more CO2. So there's a lot of easy, easy steps that you can take that will not, you know, and in, in, in the interview that's following our, our little cut and paste here, you'll hear some, you know, an, an earthy guy talk about the small step. And I think that that is doable for everyone. Don't you, Raquel? One small step. Yeah, one stop, one small step every day. Yes. And treat, you know, tomorrow we are all going to be celebrating Earth Day as, as, a, as a globe, as a global community. But let's make Earth Day an everyday occurrence for, for, for our listeners. And, and if you're listening to us, you are an earthy person. You're an earthy girl or an earthy guy. Start the conversation with your peeps, you know, get that conversation started and, you know, don't call them out, call them up, you know, encourage them, inform them and inspire them to do something. Because I really do believe if we do, if we all do just a little something, we can, we can't stop it. We can't reverse it, but maybe we can make it better. Well, and really we're inspiring you to also live more intentionally. So I think that you know, the last few years, I don't know, maybe the last 50 years since the wars is everybody's been living in this what's most convenient, what is easiest, what is cheapest. And we've gotten ourselves into trouble because we've, we're in this space now where we are producing mass producing things really inexpensively and we're using chemicals to preserve them. And then we're seeing the effects of that in our body and on planet earth and, and all of, you know, everything like we've talked about detoxing the food we eat, the cleaning supplies we use, the products we put out our skin, all of that flushes back into our waterways. So, you know, if you care about yourself, you care about the planet, you're an earthy person. We're here. We want you to be in our community. We want you to have to live like earth days every day. Yes, absolutely. Well, Raquel, I've got that uh, interview with James Kunky all lined up. So I'll just glue that together. And um, we will officially we're kicking off season two today, Raquel. One year ago, one year ago to this exact date, uh, April 21st, 2021, we were in your kitchen, making our first little episode. So uh, my how time flies a year later, you know, 365 days around the sun. And here we are still talking. And you know, th this show can go on and eternally because we're never going to run out of things to talk about. <laughs> next week, yeah, next 50 week. episodes. Here we are. So cheers to the next 50. Cheers to the next 50, Raquel. All right. Well, stay earthy. Happy Earth Day. And we can't wait to hear from James and our earthy girl, Katie, for an Earth Day meditation. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Bye. Raquel, I am so excited today on the Earthy Girl podcast. We have a great host, a great guest. I'm a little nervous. I, uh, <laughs> this guy is like big time for me. I've, we, you know, we've known him forever. I mean, we've worked with him on events for 20 years, but this is, a great opportunity to have him on our podcast because he's going to talk to us about how the city of Louisville is so eco-friendly and so green. Uh, so without further ado, let's introduce James Kunky. He is the Director of Community Relations and Tourism for the city of Louisville. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. Raquel, thank you for having me today. Oh, we are so excited. And, uh, you know, you basically almost helped me raise Raquel down in Old Town. Yeah, that was a pretty easy job, frankly. She's <laughs> always been pretty remarkable. Yes. Oh, thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, she, um, you know, she kind of was forced into learning how to do events, you know, uh, hanging out with you and I while we were doing Cinco de Mayo and um, Western Days, uh, the World Hot Tamale Eating Championship. So she, you know, she's known you for a substantial part of her life and has always looked up to you. And um, you've always been such a great professional uh, person to work with, but fun and easy and a sense of humor. And then your dedication to the city is just, you know, outstanding, James. I mean, how long have you been with the city of Louisville? So I'm just finishing my 20th year. So almost the whole time I've been here, uh, you and I have worked on various things. It's been a long road. We've done a lot of good for Louisville, I think. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes. And so, you know, I was 
Raquel and I were talking about other guests and I, you know, I thought, I know James, he and I have done a lot of things together. I know he would come and help out these uh, green Queens trying to make a difference in the world (laughs) (laughs) that he would be more than happy to jump on. So Raquel, James does, you know, we talked a little bit before you got on the call. Um, we have a sustainability director in the city of Louisville, and he's going to talk a little bit about that uh, and the plan for 2025. And there's a lot of good things that are coming with that for the city. And I mentioned to him that we love all the trails that the city has built, and we use those, you know, to bike and ride and walk and just there's just so many beautiful things happening in the city of Louisville. So we're going to go ahead and jump in and start on those questions, James. Absolutely. I'm always happy to talk about Louisville. <laughs> so Louisville is so green. When did the city make that a priority and start putting that into motion? So we've been doing some small things for a lot of years, like curbside recycling or the Christmas tree drop off. But like a lot of our other recent initiatives, this focus on environmental sustainability really started when we adopted the Louisville 2025 vision plan in 2014. And uh, you were here at that time. You you saw that this is a plan that was developed by residents, not by city staff, not by elected officials. And they got to decide what the priority issues were. And one of those priorities that actually kind of surprises a little bit was the very high value that our residents placed on environmental sustainability. And this this was eight years ago. Yes. And James, I forgot, but now, cause you know, I'm getting up there in years, you know, <laughs> I remember taking part in a, y'all guys had brought in someone from without the city and it was a group that kind of pulled together some, you know, city and community uh, leaders. And we actually, I actually took part in that question and I did put that as my number one thing. So, yeah, I, I remember that when we were starting, when we were just doing the intake for 2025. You know, you know some of the, uh, the little backstory to it, the inside baseball, if you will, is the city staff had prepared what we thought the priorities would be so we could study up and be ready to answer questions. And we talked internally, what about environmental sustainability? And there was a concern at that time. You remember the word sustainability was pretty politicized. Yes, mm-hmm. And anytime a word enters the vernacular of partisan politics, it becomes controversial. I mean, look at the resistance to a, a proven COVID vaccine. You politicize a word, people fight it. So we were nervous about suggesting sustainability. And that was one of the very first priorities that those residents set for us was you get one environment. If you don't take care of it now, you don't get a second chance. Mm-hmm. James, I love that. That's you're preaching our message, right? Yeah, now. so that's exactly what we <laughs> talk about here. <laughs> yeah, we like to say there's no planet B instead of plan B. There's no planet B. That's Very- what we, Brock and I, Brock and I like to say that. So, um, when y'all guys did the intake and y'all were surprised, then you knew you had to not kind of revert or redirect, but you had to incorporate, you know, the citizens' number one desire into the plan. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, there were four priorities that were set, sustainability, thriving neighborhoods, economic health, and diversity. And since that plan was adopted, when we build our budget, we base it on that plan. When we mm-hmm. go out and, and develop new programs or develop new uh, opportunities for our residents, it's always based on that plan. So I think it's fair to say that environmental sustainability and economic sustainability, which they're very linked, that is a core value of Louisville ever since that plan was adopted. Yes. And kind of on a side note, too, you know, when we adopted the Purple Martin as our logo, you know, when we were redesigning our logo, I think, didn't we once upon a time have like some waves, you know, like that was our logo was the little blue waves underneath our L? A little. Yeah, we did. The The logo before this was a... Um, a depiction of the lake shore with a big diamond that was supposed to represent future growth. And it's interesting. You mentioned that logo that was done back in 2009. And we went out and did some resident surveys and focus groups then. And we saw a lot of interest there in the outdoors and the environment. And we interpreted it at that time as being, they want something fun to do. They want to be known for having a great outdoor opportunity. And from 2009 to 2014, that just grew 
So maybe we shouldn't have been so surprised, but we underestimated how important that was to Louisville residents. And talk to me just a little bit about, you know, the efforts are there. You know, you have the plan, like you said, you've got the budget for it. What, what are some of the newer things that I personally don't know about as a resident of Louisville? Well, I will start and say one of the very first things we did after the plan was adopted is we created a sustainability office. And this was someone who came in uh, with the specific job of looking at everything we did as a city and looking to see how we could do those things better in terms of environmental impact. And you hear a lot of talk in the news about carbon footprints and fossil fuel dependence and so forth. And Mm -hmm. that's part of the conversation. But it's also as simple as changing every light bulb in every city facility from incandescent and fluorescent to LEDs. Mm. And it took us three years to do that. But what we found is we made an initial investment and we now save more every year in electricity than we spent to make that conversion. Oh, James, that's wonderful. And then, you know... When I was back with the OTBA, that's dating me. The that organization does not even exist anymore. The <laughs> Business Association. But one of the things that I had brought up as the vice president was I had mentioned, you know, I had my little my little uh, project that I wanted to be that you know this is what I want to see in Old Town, and I called it Flower Power, yes. and I had a lot of resistance. Uh, with the flower power, because the, you know, the talk and the conversation back and forth between the board was who's going to water it, who's going to water these plants, who's going to pay for these plants. But I noticed in the downtown area, there are native hardy plants that can survive and thrive without a lot of water usage. Absolutely. We, one of our first infrastructure projects around the time of this plan was putting in a new parking lot on the north side of City Hall. And because of this initiative, we made sure that every plant in that lot, all the landscaping, is drought resistant. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, Texas has droughts pretty much every year, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes for multiple years. Mm -hmm. We have not had to replace any plants in that parking lot, except we lost two during the big ice storm. But we've not lost any to drought. And I can't say that about any other park we have in the city. Yes. And it just, like you said, part of the plan for the city was to help have thriving neighborhoods. And Raquel and I talk a lot about on the Earth Hero podcast about the power of flowers. You know, she's a florist and I'm a lifelong gardener. And we completely believe that anything as simple as just a field of blue bonnets or, you know, lantern, these kind of things make our world a better place. And it does increase pollinators. It increases uh, serotonin, as Raquel likes to talk about. So it really makes me proud when I drive through Old Town and I see that. I'm like, wow, is this is really happening. Our, our parks director would hug you for that. <laughs> She's working well, right now on trying to get us uh, what's called Pollinator Friendly Community Certification. There we go. We love to hear that. Oh, yeah. We, we've put pollinator gardens in a lot of our medians. So instead of having grass or, or fancy flowers and shrubs that have to be watered every day, we put in hardy plants that are that specifically attract bees and butterflies. And uh, we've done the same thing at the Thrive Nature Park. And those things, you know, sometimes people ask, why is that getting so tall? Well, it's because it serves a purpose. Uh, and, you know, a world without bees and, and butterflies and other pollinators would not be a happy place. Yes. And, and, and a little side note to that, I had listened to a great podcast uh, with this gentleman that wrote uh, a book about how we're losing entire kingdoms of insects. And he did mention that, that that is kind of like the American manicured lawn is what post-World War II in the 50s, that was the thing to do. You know, cut your grass real short every week, keep it green, you know, take out all the weeds. And in listening to this podcast, this gentleman, um, he is a scientific writer and he wrote this book and he talked about how we need to shift our mentality from trying to, to get all the weeds out, trying to uh, cut the grass all the time because the insects love the tall grass and they love the weeds. So yeah, and, and some people will say, why is it? Why does it have to look like that? Because we're mm-hmm. creating a, a nature scape because if we don't have the bees and the butterflies, uh, the wasps, the flies that all pollinate, we're not gonna have any food. So it's just as simple as that. And I think for you as you know, having to communicate all this, uh, to the citizens on a regular basis. Is that a little bit difficult at times? Well, there is a little bit of resistance. Uh, 
I remember when I was a kid, my parents would send me out every spring to dig up all the dandelions in our front yard as soon as they appeared, because you didn't want them to flower and go to seed and spread more dandelions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they paid me probably 50 cents a day to do it. And I'm not that old. They were just cheap. But uh, (laughs) that was one of my jobs. Well, now we know that if you leave the dandelions out there long enough to flower, for a lot of the pollinators, that's their first real meal of the spring because the other flowers haven't bloomed yet. So let them flower and then get rid of them before they seed. Uh, and the pollinators thrive on that. Oh, James, I love that. That's what I do too. I, I've always felt just kind of intuitively. I always just, I, I think from just paying attention to my garden and what's going on and just, de- you know, a lot of times I just sit out there and watch and I get to see, you know, and it may be anecdotal since I not have a science degree and, but, I am someone that can pay attention and I do see that. And I always say I can see them eating, like you said, their first meal of the spring. And then because it, like you said, everything isn't flowering. I have a few things flowering, but not that much. And I'll see a bee flying around and I know he's looking for food. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have a whole lot, but th- there's the Carolina <laughs> Jessamine. Go for that. Or the, the hyacinths, those are out. So yeah, it's so important to, uh, to educate people because and like you said, there is resistance because that's just how people, human beings work. But I think if we just continue to be clear about the message and continue to reiterate it over and over in you know, fun, fresh, easy, light ways, we can get the message across. Absolutely. And part of that is reminding people that things have changed. For example, when LED bulbs first came out, you'd spend 10, 15, 20 bucks for a bulb. And it just wasn't worth it. You weren't going to save enough money to pay for this bulb. And the way the bulbs were manufactured early on, there were some questions about whether that was hurting things. But uh, so when we tell people now that we've replaced all our bulbs with LEDs, there are still people who the first thing they say is, wow, that was a waste of money. When we (laughs) show them how much electricity we've saved and how much of their tax dollars we didn't have to give to the electric company, then their eyes open up and they realize, hmm, maybe the environmental opportunities today are not the same as what they were 20 years. I firmly believe that Louisville is a special place and Louisville people are special people, but we're not the only ones out there that are figuring this out. And uh, the more we can make people recognize the, the importance of just doing small steps, and it can be very small steps, such as leaving the dandelions out until they flower. That, that actually saves you one mowing, so it gives you a little bit less work. Or things like carry a trash bag in your car so that even if you don't deliberately throw trash out, it might blow out when you open the door. So put it in the bag and throw it away at home or at work. Uh, that's where this litter's coming from, is accidental trash. Oh, and you know, I never, see, because I'm always very intentional. So my mindset, James, is like, I always have a trash bag in my car. <laughs> always bust my own trash. So for me, trash is not accidental. But when you put it like that, it does help me kind of open my eyes. And that's that's another thing that... Uh, Louisville does really good too, is we, you know, we've organized the trash pickups and we do the Trinity River cleanup and keep Louisville beautiful. It's really good about organizing. They've got one, I think that's going to happen on the 30th. So I'm hoping I can make that at least a little bit of that. But uh, my other question, James, is, you know, what can the city do as a population, as a, as a, a group, you know, to help even keep Louisville even more green, if you will, even more sustainable? Sure. The, well, the answer to that is going to be different for every person and every household, because not every person has the patience to compost or the free time to pick up litter. But for everybody out there, there's at least one thing that they could start doing this week, no matter their circumstance, that might seem very small, but a lot of small things can make a big impact. They said, figure out what that one thing is. So, for example, recycling. Uh, There are some people I've heard that say recycling is confusing. I don't know what to put in and what I can't and this and that. And that can be true. So start with something simple. You know that metal cans can be recycled. So just do those. Rinse them, put them in the bin. And when you get comfortable with that, maybe you add on plastic jars and, and glass jars. Maybe you add on cardboard. But make it small and simple and stick with it. Make it a habit. Um, The same with the litter, the same with so many other things. Just find one small thing that you can do today, and that will quickly grow into a habit that that leads to bigger things. And that's what we like to do here on the show. Like, what can we do? We try to inspire, you know, we're 
we're the earthy girls. We're doing lots of things every day, but start small. Like you said, recycle. And you said some people might not know what to recycle. We've talked about here. We've had shows like that on this podcast, but what I love, I went to the website and y'all had a quiz, a recycling quiz. So I actually took it and that's a great thing to have for your, you know, your community, your citizens to go to the website and they can actually take a quiz to see what is you know, what, what can I recycle? And Hey, I thought I was going to get a perfect score. I got an eight out of nine, <laughs> That's good. Um, but it was great to see. And it was like true or false. Why or why not? You could recycle those things. So I see the difference, James. I see that you are coming out to the events with a smile on your face and you're passionate about the city and the community. And that gets me excited about somebody who, you know, I used to live there. I no longer live in that city anymore, but I was raised in that community. And I think that y'all have done a great job about even getting getting kids inspired about the environment and sustainability. So I think that, you know, what's on tap for the future and what can we see for Louisville doing more for the sustainability efforts? Well, you're going to see some big projects such as up at Louisville Lake, uh, erosion of the lake shore is an issue. Uh, usually the wind's coming in uh, and hitting our lake shore. And so the shore washes away. So we've got a major uh, project coming up in the next few years to really protect the shoreline from erosion and that in turn maintains the lake as a safe water source not just right mm -hmm. i mean it's great to go out there and fish and swim and ski but that lake is primarily there to stop flooding and provide drinking water mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's also a great home for a diversity of wildlife uh, you're going to see the city really pushing hard on things like the pollinator gardens uh, taking better advantage of the the nature preserve leela nature preserve we have that's 2500 acres of beautiful pristine wilderness uh, and then we're opening more parks and more trails to get people a chance to get outside and, and enjoy the environment because there's no point in protecting the environment if you never get out and experience it. Yes, yes, yes. And you said that, you know, that you saw a few years ago a huge amount of people being interested in the parks and trails and the recreation, the natural environment of Louisville. And we talk about here on the show, too, when you care about the environment and you love to be outdoors in it, you want to protect it. And you want to, you also want to be more eco-friendly in your own life. So it makes sense if people are actually using the parks and trails, using the lakes, they're going to want to take care of it too. I couldn't have said it better. And James, I did mention, you know, Mark and I love to use the trails and uh, it does make me feel so proud that I see citizens, you know, I see people biking, I see people pushing baby strollers and it's just, you know, and after being shut in for two years and you're walking on the trail, you just kind of don't know what to say or what to do. Or, but people here in this city, they're so friendly. They just smile and they'll say, hey, how are you? And I'm like, hey, how are you? And it just makes me happy that I'm outside. I'm getting some vitamin D. I'm in the fresh air. I'm in my hometown. I'm not, you know, in my car driving to the gym and then working out and then driving home. I can just walk down the street and I can hop on a trail and we can get our exercise and it's free. And we're not, you know, we're not using our car and releasing carbon emissions and, you know, helping, um, we're fighting, you know, the greenhouse effect. Um, so that's another big thing that Raquel and I like to talk about is like you mentioned your carbon footprint. We talk a lot about why it's important to drive less and to be outside more, you know, sometimes in the wintertime you do have to drive to the gym, but when it's spring light and a beautiful day, like today, get outside garden, go walk on the trail, go to a park, you know, ride your bike to the lake and fish and you know, take a book out there and just sit outside and read. And that just inspire change because when we flip our mindset and that's what Raquel and I talk a lot about is, you know, encouraging, informing and inspiring people to take that one small step, you know, to, to switch, to switch or ditch, to, to move the needle and just the smallest increments, like you said, James, it adds up. And if we all as an individual, and then in a population, it increases tenfold or morefold. So I am so excited. But I did have one other thing. And I think Raquel and I want to know, what's one small thing that you do every day, James, for the planet? Well, you know, I mentioned litter. And a number of years ago, I read a study from the uh, Keep Texas Beautiful organization that said if every Texan would just pick up two pieces of trash a day, we could eliminate litter in Texas. Now, realistically, mm -hmm. Texas is a big place and you don't have mm -hmm. enough America. So the math doesn't work out, but I took it as a challenge. So uh, I actually have two trash grabbers, one in my car and one at home. 
And when I'm walking around in Old Town, I've got that with me, picking up whatever it is, cigarette butts or you know, discarded wrappers or bags. My wife and I walk in our neighborhood, we're picking up trash. And there's a lot of it. There really is. And I'll never get it all, but I've got to try. Uh, <laughs> and and you know, it's interesting, too, when we're in our neighborhood, we have a lot of people as they're driving by, some of our neighbors will stop and honk and wave, say, hey, thank you, thank you. And I appreciate that. What I'd really appreciate if I saw them with a grabber. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And, and Mark and I do that too, James, when we walk. And sometimes if I forget a bag, there's always a bag that has blown up. Again. <laughs> and I can just oh, yeah. pick up that bag and use that. We all pick up trash on this show. All of us will will do the same. Mom does it on her walks. I do it when I take my kids to the park. I'm just appalled sometimes at the trash that's on the, you know, around at the park where people are playing. And then people just watch a little bag fly by and they don't even pick it up. So I've taught my kids to pick up trash and it's just something we appreciate, you know, like the keep loose full beautiful. I did that as a teenager and we had to keep a little spot of the median clean. I think that that's even something that kids can do easily, right. To help pick up trash. You bet. My grandmother um, who's passed now, but when, when she was alive, she would go for a walk every single day and she always would take a bag with her and come back with trash. (laughs) because She was at that point in her probably early to mid eighties, picking up other people's litter. And uh, one of her kids even joked with her once said, mom, you're not everybody's mother. And she said, yeah, well, if their mothers were here, they could do it, but they aren't. So I will. Oh, James, I love that. And we always talk about how, you know, why are people earthy? Are you, why are you earthy guy? Why are we earthy girls? And we've been, somebody planted the seed in us and you have the earthy grandma. So she passed that on to you and you obviously care about the planet and you're going to be able to pass that on. So we love being able to have you on the show. And man, I am just amazed with the community. And I think that you guys can be a leader. I think that other cities and communities can look to you to Louisville to see what y'all have done. And like you said, it may you may spend money up front, but then you're going to save it in the long run. And Absolutely. then also, too, if, you, if you're able to be sustainable now, what's that going to be like in the future? What kind of community are you going to be able to have? You're going to have, you know, lots of growth, lots of diversity, lots of sustainability. And like you said, you know, for the environment and for the economics so that that's a win-win for everybody right it is and i'm not typically a doom and gloom guy i'm kind of an optimist mm-hmm. but uh i look around and i realize that if we don't take care of what we have we get to a point where you can't salvage it mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you're cooking a dish on the stove and you overcook it for a couple of minutes you're probably fine you overcook it for 30 minutes you got to yes. start over <laughs> but you can't start over a new planet by the way you can start over a new soup mm-hmm. and um at some point, people have to understand that that small environmental steps are not a political statement. Small environmental steps are not a burden. Uh, they're the way that we serve as good stewards of this planet because it literally is the only one we've got. Yes, James, and I almost, 100%, I almost forgot to uh, ask you this question, but I have to because there was another way that the city is a leader in waste management. I mean, we weren't we one of the first cities that uh, built our landfill the way we did. And and that was under, I think, the guidance of Claude King when he was when he was here with us. So Louisville's in a unique situation. We actually have three landfills in the city. They do various things. And so we've had to be very involved with the waste companies and on our own purpose at our city facilities, we're trying to be very diligent about trash and recycling and waste. Um, but we also have to work with those, uh, those landfill companies and they've been very cooperative. They understand from a business perspective that recycling makes their landfills last longer, makes them more money for more years. But they also understand what we do, that you've got to do something while you can. And the city has been, and I know this is probably directly under your leadership, the city has been very good, I mean, excellent, at trying to explain with pictures, with words on the postcards that you send out to say, it'll say, you can recycle this, don't put this in. And that to me, you know, it's very understandable. I have it right above my bin. If I ever have a question, I'll just look at the postcard and I'm like, okay, because you know, sometimes you go to throw something out there and you, your mind is in another place or you're tired, it's late or it's early and you're just want to, you know, get it in the bin. But I have been very mindful of making sure that I wash, 
I rinse and I dry because I actually did go to uh, our waste management company that the city works with. And I did a, a tutorial on the right way to recycle. And it was very informative. It is. It is. Absolutely. And talk to us about anything else that, you know, is in the future for the city that you can kind of just spring it on the world today. <laughs> kind of a little sneak preview for those who are tuning yep. in. <laughs> so a lot of it still plays out of that, the whole Louisville 2025 initiative, the vision that we've set. And if you follow that vision all the way through, what you find is a, a you'll have neighborhoods that are more walkable. Now, looking at Old Town, we've pushed hard to make it more walkable. And you mentioned driving less. So that's why we're putting in better pedestrian access. We're putting in bike lanes in Old Town. Mm -hmm. We have it on Mill Street. We're about to put them on College Street. We're going to put them on Keeley. Uh, we're going to put them over on the other side of the, of the road, over on Southwest Parkway, because bikes are not just recreation. They're transportation, too, mm -hmm. uh, even in Texas. So you're going to see some infrastructure changes. You're going to see some behavioral changes. But mostly what you're going to see is a continued effort to just remind people how important it is and let them know that they don't have to save the world by themselves. Just work on their small piece of it. And if everybody does their part, we'll get there. Oh, I couldn't have said that better, James. That is music to my ears. Well, Raquel, I think we've had a great conversation with James, and he is definitely an earthy guy. Mm -hmm, absolutely. <laughs> um, so stay tuned for next week's podcast. We're going to finish up with gardening tips number three. Um, and James, once again, thank you for your time. You were informative and fun and funny and also just sharing that about your grandmother just it makes me want to cry it's so sweet thank you so much james we couldn't have said anything better than you did today so we love having a an earthy guy especially we need more of y'all on our team help save the planet you know just little by little so thank you so much thank you again for the invitation i appreciate the work you're still doing oh thank you james well raquel what do we say stay earthy stay earthy bye y'all Hi there, this is Katie, and I am so happy that you could join us for this meditation today. So the original day that we were thinking of to have this meditation was for Earth Day. So whether you're listening to this in real time on Earth Day, or even if it's a little bit after that, this will be a practice to really appreciate, really connect to that support of the earth, the support system, the sense of energy, the sense of nutrients and life that we're always given um, by the earth. And uh, yeah, tap into a little bit of gratitude for that. So let's go ahead and get started by finding a comfortable seat. Just taking your time to get there. And letting those natural wiggles work their way out of the body. So just rolling that head side to side. Maybe rolling the shoulders up and back a time or two. And then eventually coming to a place where you can be still. You can rest. This could be seated, cross-legged on a cushion or on the floor, in a chair, or even lying all the way back, just making sure that you find a sense of ease in your body as we begin. We'll begin to feel our root, so sensing that place right below the sit bones, the tailbone, at the base of the spine, and feel your roots connection to the earth. So no matter what position you're sitting or lying in, no matter what surface Below that surface is always the earth. So just taking a moment to let your weight sink into the earth. Trust that it can support you here. 
as you give yourself permission to let go, you simultaneously give yourself permission to open up space. So as you feel your root connected to the earth, find now a gentle lift and rise through the spine. Becoming just a little bit longer, just a little bit lighter. Just like a flower saluting the sun, growing tall from your root, reaching up towards the sky. Beginning to really feel the breath in the body. Just watching that natural rhythm take over. As you inhale, the belly is going to expand. The chest might rise. And then as you exhale, everything is melting down. There's a sense of peace and letting go. So working with that breath. Maybe starting all the way down at your root. Imagine the breath starting from the earth. As you breathe in, your body expands, fills up with energy, with life. And as you exhale, everything relaxes down. Just working with that breath, starting from the earth at the root. Inhale as you expand, fill up. And exhale as you soften and let go. And we'll stay with this breath. Letting it come in whatever rhythm feels natural, feels right. And as you do, you're strengthening that connection between yourself and the earth's surface below you. Maybe bringing in a little bit of gratitude as you breathe, saying thank you with every breath that you take. Imagining all of the wonderful things that this earth this planet provides. Imagine the wonderful places that you've traveled, the fruits, the vegetables that you've eaten from the ground. Imagine all of the miles you've walked, the steps that you've taken And that continuous and constant support of the earth below you along the way. Our earth sustains life. Our earth is with us through every cycle, every season, every phase. The earth is here to give us what we need and to hold what is no longer ours. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, earth. Whenever it feels right, you can start to take your attention back towards your root, towards your connection to the earth below you. And we'll go ahead and draw a deep breath in through the nose and fill up. And a full exhale out. Letting everything go. Go ahead and invite a little awareness back into your body. You can wiggle your fingers, wiggle your toes, but keep that 
appreciation and love for this planet, this time and place that we're in. And wherever you are, I'll invite you to bring your hands to meet over your heart. Palm pressing into palm, thumbs pressing in towards the chest. Thanking yourself for taking a little time. Thanking the earth for the constant support. And know that I thank you, wherever you are, for showing up and sharing this time and space. From my heart to yours. This episode was brought to you by Petals to Paper, the magic behind the making. This episode is brought to you by Arla Floral. We are a Dallas-based floral design company specializing in weddings, events, corporate parties, floral classes, and DIY tutorials. We'd love for you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and to visit our website at arlafloral.com.